All right, a go. Still here. All right, looks like we are live. Yeah. Yes, I have mac and cheese because I'm hungry. So, sorry, we're kind of rushing because I literally just got home from work and I literally just got done eating. <laughs> yeah, I made mac and cheese the other day, so now I'm eating the reheated. Yeah, Don't judge us, okay? <laughs> yeah, and fair warning, guys, if you hear me cough, it's because I'm sick currently. Yeah. All right. Should probably get on with the introduction. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to another episode of Films and Fandoms with Kaylee. Sorry, I was looking at the Twitter stream there. <laughs> I'm once again joined by Alex. Hi! Again. <laughs> uh, this is going to be a mess, but to be honest, it's been, it's been a while. <laughs> okay, so, just a little side note before we get into this. My mom asked me if she, because I'm feeling kind of under the weather, mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell our poor listeners um mm -hmm. yeah I, I got covid mm -hmm. um at work and my mom's like do you want anything from the store i'm like immediately for some unknown reason well why the hell yeah look or just orange soda you guys to know we are not in the same oh my freaking orange soda yep because <laughs> i was in the mood yeah, for it i'm like just, Can you give me some orange soda but just so you guys know we are not even in the same state, so we're okay. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess is one nice thing about living in different states and doing things virtual is you don't have to worry about, like, contact. Getting sick and really. stuff. And, but, yeah. oh, by the way, Kaylee, you were doing the Elliot hair messing with the hair thing that Christian does. <laughs> Well, I bought these earbuds because of headphones I usually wear. They hurt my ears. Yeah, that's why after I a wear while, so Bluetooth. So I, I bought these. <laughs> the, the store I work at had them on sale. So after I was done with my shift, I picked up a few things. These being one of them. Yeah, my. Uh, I don't know if you can see, but look at my ceiling. <laughs> Yeah, that was the, the picture that I sent you. My boyfriend bought me that. Oh, and it plays, yeah. Like, little, it plays music no, and stuff. The, like, like, it's like a noise it's maker, isn't it? Yeah, it's got it's a nightlight and also a noise maker. And it has like a campfire setting. I had that on last night and it was so calming. Oh. Yeah, I passed awesome. out at 7 o'clock. <laughs> oh, my God. That's early for me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, my... My boss actually called me uh, today uh, to check in on me and to see how I was doing. I'm like, I feel like crap. That's nice. But other than that, I'm doing well, it's right. nice that they She's called like, in to check on you. Yeah, she, uh, well, I, my boss slash supervisor called me and I'm like, I was like, oh, I missed a call from her because I had my phone on vibrate because I didn't want to deal with people as much. And 
So, yeah, she she called me, and I'm like, she's like, how are you doing, Alex? I'm like, I feel like crap, but other than that, I'm doing all right. I'm hanging in there. She's like, well, good. And she told me that if when I, I have the rest, I have four shifts off because I'm sick. Um, and then on, on the fourth shift, if when I go in to test again, if I could come back to work then, but I, there's still a chance I could test positive still, um, yeah. after being a week, but yeah, I it's not hope you feel better. Yeah. Luckily, I'm not running a fever right now. I'm actually cold. It's why I'm wearing cold. A yeah. Well, I it's seventy. What is it? Seventy six outside. We're at seventy six degrees Fahrenheit right now, where I am at. It's so, seventy nine here. I got my fan going. Me. Yeah. Well, I right, have my fan going too. <laughs> But yeah, this is one of um, my favorite episodes, just because yes. of how spooky it is. So we should let's get into the episode first off. <laughs> so sorry for the rambling. You can tell sorry. it's been a while. It, yeah, it's been a while, and it's been a bit of a week. <laughs> All right. Hello, welcome to another episode of Films of Fandoms with Kaylee. So this episode, we are going to be talking about Almost Paradise. The episode Unbecoming. Now, before I get into this episode, I would like to thank our parent company, NAFCO.org, our, our electrical consultant slash sponsor, West PA Systems. And you could also look at my acting page at KayleeSantelActing.com. So, as I said, today we're going to be talking about Almost Paradise, Season 1, Episode 5, Unbecoming. Or, uh, as I'd like to call it, Alex's horrible, no good, very bad day. Because <laughs> this oh my, poor boy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that, poor that's boy. true. Uh, poor Alex. Ever him. Man. Whoever has his lucky Somebody horseshoe. Somebody needs to get that back. boy a vacation. Yeah, whoever stole his lucky horseshoe needs to give it back. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody all somebody needs to steal Alex some luck. <laughs> oh, we know a crew for that. I know we do. <laughs> <laughs> One, you might be or Alex's twin. <laughs> oh god. Okay, so basically, oh, man. I, I, that was fucking hilarious. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, I get. Uh, yeah, I'm a bit tired. So, That's going to be a running joke between us for who knows how it long. It is. So the summary for this episode is, when a typhoon hits Boo, Alex discovers he has more than a storm to worry about as his friends are taken hostage inside the police station along with an enemy. The director for this episode is Milan Todorovic. The writers for this episode are Carrie Glover and Eddie Quintana. Ah, Carrie. I love her. Oh, Carrie. <laughs> she was freaking fantastic. She, oh, my gosh. Um, I want to mention the, the Facebook Live, but yeah. Facebook she actually, Live, like, yeah. I, yeah, um, after, basically after each episode, they have a Facebook Live where, like, I could watch it, yeah. and then I can, I would be watching it, like, I would record it, and then I would watch the Facebook Live as I'm watching the episode. 
and I asked a question to Carrie, and she answered it to yeah, me, yeah, yeah. and she like said my username on Facebook, and I'm like, <laughs> did, did, did that just happen? And it's, it's happened several times. Once with art, and then once with Dean previously, and then the song request on another episode. Yeah, which we'll oh, get into that when we oh, get into. Lucky number but, seven. Lucky number but, seven, yeah, yep. This, this yes, because this is episode and, five, so we're halfway through the yeah. season. Uh, it, it's oh, kind of like man. the second half of the season where things start getting kind of interesting in terms of story. Yeah, it's like, like they decided to ramp up the adrenaline gas on the last half of the season. This one's yeah. kind of the pivotal point a little bit. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize it until wa- rewatching it. This is like where this is the kind of like the climax builder. It's about to shift. It is kind of. We can feel it. We can feel it. Yeah. And I rewatching it after a, what a year of not watching it. Yeah. Um, and actually like paying attention to it, and I was like mm-hmm. breaking it down, and I'm like. This is like the pivotal point. This is the the building point, the tr- one turning point for the climax, and then the next episode is the climax, and then everything just goes downhill from there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it kind of does. In a way, yeah. This next episode is gonna be insane, but this one was like, yeah, a whole this bunch is insane because of... it kind of like is nonstop. Yeah, it it has a little <laughs> little bit of what the hell and then also a little bit of my fuckery <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and that's one note that i didn't write down but i should have <laughs> <laughs> you know what part i'm talking about don't you i bet yeah i am <laughs> yeah so let's get into this episode so first we see alex is doing a a bit of a uh weapons deal yeah, we find out that it's like a man yeah, we okay. learn is El Diablo. He is being yeah. played by Brian Igenman. I think that's how you say his name. But Alex has on a freaking Russian accent. CK, <laughs> uh, what the, the hell C- with the accent, man? man. What like is weird. up with CK in accents, man? He can't do it very well. I'm sorry, buddy, he, but he can't. I'm look, so sorry. It kind of uh, adds to the whole Alex is a smart smart dumbass. True. He doesn't have the but sense like, that God gave dirt, apparently. Apparently, yeah. But what's <laughs> funny is in the uh, the Facebook Live, Christian was saying how like the director for this episode is Serbian. Um, Milan Todorovic is Serbian, which is different from Russian. So, but every time like CK would do like the Russian accent, which is kind of based on Milan's, he wanted to slip back into his Spanish accent, <laughs> the Antonio Banderas Puss in Boots accent. <laughs> <laughs> he literally quote that to quote him. That is. What he said, he based off of. I know. <laughs> what was it? He, he said. Oh my gosh! He, he did like I the accent because in the Facebook live he said like the accent. He was like, like, not like, 
like language of love and making love to people or something like that. It might be mixed with multiple things. I don't know. No, it was something to that. Yeah, it was something to that effect. And it was something to that effect. Yeah. What what I noticed was the look on Art's face. Mm. He had speaking a Speaking of Art. Art speaking had of a Art. Smirk. Oh, mm. man. Speaking of Art. He gets some very interesting moments in this Silent episode. Silent Bob was badass Bob. in this episode. He was. Oh, uh, continuing on, so Alex says we bring back avocado. I have that written down. I was like, stay for it. Freaking avocado. <laughs> what the hell? This is wait, this so is if freaking... wait, so if Elliot's safe word is Winnebago, does that mean Alex's is avocado? <laughs> Apparently, yeah. <laughs> oh my god that was way more amusing that was way more amusing me... in my head sorry you broke me look i'm tired i'm mad at you now <laughs> my filter's gone Come all right <laughs> my filter's gone <laughs> don't make so. me do the thing after we're done here, I'm gonna do the thing if you don't behave. Dude. Dude. <laughs> Carrying on. <laughs> but oh, Alex, I, I am so tired. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Alex has a nice disarmament of the machine gun. And, uh, he's kind of proud as he walks away. Then they he yeah. see him back at his gift shop. <laughs> but yeah, a little quick side note that the move that he did that was a Kali move, where he, he hit the gun away and then grabbed it. Um, oh. that was a that was a Kali move, and it took me a that little bit. To actually, move. Yeah, I actually looked up Kali and I've watched some of the fighting styles. Um, and I've got some uh, Krav Maga uh, videos that might. Uh, DVDs that my boyfriend gave me, so I haven't I haven't oh, watched cool. it. But it's a mix of styles a little bit. It's like the blocking of the weapon because he like brings it up and blocks it with his hand, and then turns his hand ever so slightly and grabs the the gun and forces it down and then pulls it to him. Basically, you when you do that, you force the center of gravity of their arm down and yeah. then you pull, you pull them to you basically to pull the gun away. And that is a uh, a Kali move, but it's usually done with uh, with like sticks, like a pull cue or something. Like yeah, you that. say one thing. I but think I do, you can do remember. It, you can do it. Yeah, and you can do it with weapons too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he because uh, uh, Kali is mainly blocking and striking, but yeah. with closed hands or with like something like a pull cue, and it yeah. can be applied with weapons too. Yeah, in this and case, a machine he, gun. He used it, and you can see it. The way that he was stepping and moving, he incorporated that into Alex's fighting style, which is mm -hmm. really, really impressive. But, yeah. Also, kind of hilarious with the freaking accent. It is. 
<laughs> and then oh, man. as soon as we see Alex is there, it's a gift shop. And it's storming. Like gray, gray clouds, storms rolling in. Bru yeah. Storms are brewing. Literally and figuratively. Corey. <laughs> <laughs> but then like Alex Corey comes in. Uh, he talks about this snow globe. And it's like, well, what anybody buy you? Nobody gets ironing an anymore. Yeah, he's talking to an inanimate object. Which is freaking hilarious. It is. And then Corey barges in, like... Yeah, Corey comes in, and she's not oh. paid because rent's <laughs> due today, and she doesn't want Alex late. And Alex... He got cocky. I know. He got cocky because he hands... Because he, like, has his check in his hand. He's just like, here you go. Paid in full. And no, Corey is... He had, no, he had, like, an envelope full of, like, envelope. cash. Yeah, he had an envelope full of cash. Cause it was, like, he had an envelope full of cash. And it's just, like, he leans over, grabs it, doesn't even look he at gives her. Gives it to her. Corey. He hands it to her. He's like, here. It's all there. And she's, and she's happy. She, like, completely dumbfounded at first and looks down at the the envelope and looked back up at Alex and I'm like, I'm half expecting her to break character at this point. But she's like, oh, thank you. And it's like, it's all happy. And he's like, hmm. okay then. Because she's like, but, but, who are you and what did you do to Alex? Exactly. And he's like, no, but, no, 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 no. You're not You're doing not that, doing that having to a me good today. Day. I'm having a good day. Having Don't good mess day. with like, me. Bad guys lost, good guys won. I don't know anybody money. And she kind of smiled at that, which was freaking hilarious. <laughs> but that goes to show you the actress who plays her and Christian's relationship at that point yeah. was a friendship. Uh, yeah, because he was like saying how they son. were like in the Facebook Live there. He was talking about how they're like friends, which yeah. made like the bantering a lot easier. Yep. And they she's are like, so they cannot yeah, take she it was seriously. Like, yeah, she said that she was like, it was so much fun to like bicker back and forth with him. And she can see CK was like cracking up. He's like, yeah, I think you enjoyed it a little bit too much. <laughs> but um, when her eyes went up, that right there was very Parker esque. <laughs> uh, money. Yep. <laughs> Well, I saw what you did there, Dean. I saw interesting, it. and we'll talk about that. Or no, I did mention this when we talked about the homecoming job episode. <laughs> when she's with the PayPal yep. cash. Yeah, and... her back's against it. She's like, <gasps> excited. That's freaking And hilarious. she's like, <laughs> freaking laugh, man. All right, so, didn't went on. So, as Corey leaves... She's saying that Alex has work to do. And I was like, what? No, I don't. And and she's like, and she reveals that a bagat Bagheel? Bagheel. B-A-G-Y-O. Yeah. Which is Filipino for storm. Or typhoon. Yeah, it's a tropical storm. Yeah. Basically, that's what it is. Because Alex doesn't speak Filipino. He doesn't know what it means. He's like, uh, like what? what do you what do you mean? Like what, what do you mean? mean? And she's like, Wait, you need to do like Bagio or Bagayo. Uh, 
can't remember um, how she said it, but it's it basically translates right. to yeah. storm. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But then Alex's roof starts leaking. <laughs> yep, and he immediately looks up and he's like, "Yeah." He, he gives the he gave the roof an Elliot stare. <laughs> he did. And uh, yeah, then he like gets a book and puts it on. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, not again, you stupid shop. And so then at the in his eyes, he was yeah. annoyed. Yeah. So we cut to the police station where Kai and Ernesto are watching as the State Department guy. Lockhart. He was played by John Story. He is a friend of Dean Devlin's. And I'll talk more about that. Because I have some like final notes related to that. <laughs> yeah, he did a really good job, by the he way, did. of his character. Um, but yeah, it's like. And then, uh, well, they're, they're like, taking care of, like, boxes of paperwork and stuff, basically, right? Yeah, um, yeah they're basically taking yeah. care of the paperwork. But then, like, yeah. you see Lago go and Ernesto's, like, telling Kai, like, we have to tell Alex. And Kai's like, no, like, we can't tell him. Like, he, and Ernesto's like, he's never going to trust us again. Yeah, he's like, because, we kept like, this from him. Ernesto, he's going like, to hate us. Yeah, because they like this was because, like this is above our pay grade. Like there's nothing like we can't get involved, and there's nothing he can do about it, anyways. So yeah, well, technically that's not true because he's technically still a former agent. He could still um, he could do something. He still got clearance a little. I'm bit. thinking though, what getting... Kai means by like Alex can't do anything is because he doesn't have enough pull to be able to like stop like, kind the of yeah, kind of inf- yeah and it we find out who they're transferring and it's a bad man mm-hmm. um, so i i like this too because it's like this was like a job between jobs basically it is kind of a job in between jobs yeah and that also applies to leverage too because like we've seen yeah. that and it's pretty yeah. curious but I love that writing style. It's like, so in my mind, I'm thinking, I want to know what happened. Like In Meteor Race, I think like, is what, what it's what called. Happened? Yeah, it's like, uh, what happened there? Like, that's what my mind was going to. But then I'm like, I'm more concerned with what Alex is going to do when he finds out. Yeah, because <laughs> next cut to Alex trying to <laughs> uh, catch I'm the dripping water from his leaking roof. And his phone ringing, or the shop phone ringing. Alex answers the phone, and it's Ernesto telling Alex, "Is like State Department, like that the State Department is taking El Diablo." And Alex gets pissed, like slams the phone down, grabs like a vest over jacket thing. No, but runs out the door. But his monitor has yet to go off. Though the subtitles say it does. We don't hear it. Yes. 
then Dean Devlin also says that the monitor never went off because that's was an observation throughout this whole episode Alex's monitor doesn't go off at all and I have thoughts on that you good Okay. Yeah, I have some thoughts relating to Alex, to the monitor not going off. Uh, This whole episode. And I'm going to keep it in my mac and cheese till Alex gets back. Are you good? (laughs) All right. So you see Alex like heading into the gift shop or heading to the PlayStation. Sorry. And the storm's like already like it's been what? Maybe an hour less. Yep. It's been like an hour less, and this storm's already gotten so much worse. Like that? Yeah. <clears throat> like the wind, you can hear the winds picking up, and it's starting to rain heavier, and Alex is soaked from the rain. And like the cops are boarding up windows and doors. They're like getting stuff, putting stuff away, transferring stuff. Oh, sorry, your TV is like really loud. <laughs> sorry, it was like really loud. There. All right, so then, uh, Alex. First person Alex is trying to find is Ocampo. And he's like yelling. Ocampo. Like, where, where is he? Where is he? Ocampo. Promise me, man. Because Alex is very, uh, he enunciates and talks with his hands. Yeah. So, like, kinda, he finally finds Ocampo. Like a certain like, boy we know. Him, like, DK does the same thing. He talks with his hands, and it's adorable. Yeah. Mm. But he's, like, pointing at, like, you promised me, man! And, like, because Akapa had apparently promised that, like, they wouldn't take El Diablo back to the United States, but Akapa's like, like, we've caught a bigger fish than we could chew, like... I didn't yeah, know about the State Department's interests in him. Yeah, in um, they thought that they could handle it in house, but turns nope. out they can't. Mm-mm. So, and Alex is like, "This is exactly why I quit the DEA," and it's like, "It's good people putting their asses on the line." And while the bad guys cut deals and go free. 
but then and as that, Alex that's little, is, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a little bit of foreshadowing from just the next couple episodes of two yeah. episodes later. Um, he basically says that the drug war is an un- unwinnable war. The veterans of the drug war don't get a homecoming parade. Remember? Yeah, that's what he said in the first episode. Yeah, and that's that's connecting that again. And he's like, like this is why, like it quit. Like if he hadn't been forced out, because of his injury, yeah, probably would have quit. That was like why he quit. Yeah, but was because he was tired of good people putting their asses on the line. Just to see those guys get out. Guys cutting deals and going free. Yep. And that's the same type of broken system that we deal with here. Yeah. And those those who do like minor the problem never actually gets fixed because it doesn't actually solve the problem. Yeah. It's like putting a uh, band-aid over a bullet hole. Only temporary. For like a second. Yeah. Um, when in yeah, reality, gauze and stitches and. Removing the the, the object. The bolt itself. And yeah. Then stitching, yeah, sewing it up. Um, but you can't but, put a band aid on the bullet hole, basically. Yeah. It's the analogy yeah. we're trying it's, to go with there. That's what the system is, and that's yeah. relevant to today. It's more relevant now, and that I can see more Dean like drew inspiration from was from the system of today, which mm-hmm. is sad. Yeah, I always found it interesting that he, he chose to go the route like he could have easily, because I think when Dean was talking about how like he originally came up with this idea, he was gonna have like ex-CIA, like he's going to have Alex be ex-CIA or something like that. So I always found it interesting <clears throat> that Dean chose to make Alex ex-DEA. Yeah. Because um, that's and not often something funny, you see thing is, in this also, type of show. Yeah. And also, uh, he came up with this brainchild um, back when CK was on the librarians. It's like I got a role in my for you, but you're too young. <laughs> and see, what's funny is I look at, I look at Alex, and I kind of see both elements of Jake and Elliot. True. Kind of mesh together a little bit. It's got he's got Jake's humility, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elliot's uh, battle scars, basically. A bit, yeah. But both sar- sassy and sarcastic as hell. I know, I know. <laughs> and they're both dumbasses. Yeah, they're both dumbasses. <laughs> well, no, we discovered this. Jake is a smart-ass dumbass. Alex is just a dumbass. A smart dumbass. And then Elliot and is Elliot's- a dumbass. Just a dumbass. Though admittingly, Alex is pretty. Like, <laughs> uh, sorry, I was thinking back to the whole accents thing. 
is in the episode, um, the wedding episode, or it's um, the wedding to die for, is the name of the episode. Sebastian. Oh, I'm going to be talking about Sebastian, all right. Mm. Oh, remember in Redemption? Oh, and he's the sous chef. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sous chef. <laughs> no, I was thinking more of the beekeeper. Hank, from the unwellness job. <laughs> I just watched that episode last night. Uh, I, I tried watching it, but I couldn't even get started. And I was laughing so hard. Yeah, the, the, the fight. The fight. <laughs> the thing. <laughs> oh, we're going to be talking about that thing when we get to that episode. <clears throat> I'm already red faced. Shame on you. Because literally, we were talking about that fight yesterday, and I freaking said how, oh, like, Elliot would know what that is. <laughs> and you said that he probably hasn't seen it in that color. <laughs> and I said, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. See, this I blame Dean. <laughs> Shame when you Dean Devlin. <laughs> no, I blame Dean because for all this. <laughs> because it's because it was through leverage we met. Yep. So it's his fault. <laughs> yep, for the insanity. So blame Dean. <laughs> so blame Dean. <laughs> yep. Alright, continuing on. <clears throat> Sorry. So, Kai then comes in, and another cop, and they're scolding. She's scolding a bunch of drunk guys. And she's like, Really? Day drinking and brawling when the Baggio is coming? Or Baggio's Baggio? Baggio is coming? Like, shame on you. And basically, she's like, take him to the basement, sober him up before the Baggio comes. And Lockhart comes out of the interrogation room. And Alex, you can see that Alex in the background is still yelling at a combo, but he's like bouncing and like, like using his hands, like like a three-year-old throwing a tantrum. He is throwing a tantrum. To his, to his uncle. And his parents yeah. are watching like, disappointed. Yeah, because then Alex is like, he sees Lockhart's like, you! <laughs> he points at him like, you! This is not over. Hey, are you that State Department Yahoo? <laughs> it was funny as, as Alex walks past Ernesto and this is like, Alex, don't hurt him. <laughs> and he says it so calmly too, like, <laughs> "Don't, don't do it." Like Alex, what? I told I, you, uh -uh, no, Alex, I'm not arresting your ass for assault. 
<laughs> you can talk like, to him, but don't hurt him. Like, don't hurt him. <laughs> okay, that's. I know you want to. True. That's like. I don't. I'm not arresting you. <laughs> you know what that made me think of? Hmm. In my fic, when uh, Mackenzie goes after the guy that's stalking her, and Conrad's mm-hmm. like, "Don't punch him. Don't hurt him." You can interrogate him, but don't hurt him. And she's like, I can't make any promises. And it proceeds to beat the crap out of him. Uh, sorry, sorry, that just reminded me of my fic. Um, the Hitter Girl's Redemption. The final, or not the final chapter, but like the final chapter of season one. After, when they go to confront Harry Wilson because Kyra thinks he betrayed her. Evil and lawyer. Like before then, evil lawyer. It's funny. It, like the beginning of the episode, I have like, they kind of <laughs> had Kyra like yelling at everyone that like she's gonna like kill Harry, <laughs> basically. And then like she confronts him, <laughs> and there's this moment where he like freezes and. <laughs> And then he starts running, and I just have Kara yell, Get your ass back here, Harry! <laughs> and then she shoves him up against the lockers, like, that had me. one reason why I should freaking kill you right now. That had me dying, by the way. I was dying of laughter. It's freaking hilarious, but yeah. I also had a moment in my fic where... <laughs> It was in my OG fake with Natasha and Elliot. She, they're going after their guy that had been hurting her, and mm-hmm. it was Minnie Moreau. Um, her oh my god, yeah, her uh, her cousin of sorts, basically. Oh um, yeah, and well, half brother actually, and she basically had him in a chokehold right here in his office. And Elliot's behind her. He's like, Wolfie, let her go. Let him go. We we can put him in jail. Let him go. Don't kill him. And mm-hmm. she's like, but, but babe, I, I want you. He hurt me. He threatened my family. Mm-hmm. And she's like, he's like, babe, let him go. And she's like, all right, fine. She shoves him. <laughs> and he falls on his butt. But yeah, that was in this moment. That's what I thought that Alex was gonna do was do a shove moment where he just shove Okapo against the wall and like just get really close and just say, you know, how dare you and walk off. It's kind of telling, to be honest, that we both write scenes involving somebody pushing somebody up against the wall. <laughs> Horse girl, Elliot. <laughs> Yes. You know my feelings about that. I had you. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I had you. I had you. No, that's where it stems from. True. Again, blame Dean. Yep. <laughs> Damn it, Dean. <laughs> yeah, too. Anyways, Alex. Walks over to Lockhart and is like, I think you're going to take my prisoner and cut him some sweetheart deal. You got another thing coming. Then Lockhart has an inhaler. 
So he takes a puff of his inhaler and you can kind of see he's like shitting his pants just a tad. He's got, he's got like a panic in his eyes. Um, yeah. yeah. I didn't I didn't know what a sweetheart deal was and that's actually a legit thing. I think it's a legit term. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't remember what it stems from. I just but it's essentially like a deal that's like a really good deal in this case and probably get off on whatever charges they have them on so yeah basically all right continue continuing on so basically then like kai gets all like Kai and the cop get all the guys in the drunk tank and one guy's being gross to Kai. But she takes it in stride and is like, get them some yeah. coffee and see if you can sew them. <clears throat> Speaking of which, the fact that their holding cells are in the basement yeah. Keep that in mind for later. Yes. So, they were the drunk tank. Yeah. No, it was their holding cell. It was the holding cells. I called yeah. it a drunk tank in my notes. But yes, yeah, their holding cell. Yeah. For drunkards and, like, misdemeanor people and all that. For yeah. Stuff but, like that. yeah. But this poor front desk guy... He's got like two phones in front of him. He's answering both of them. And two women come in, one older, one younger. And they're trying to talk to him, but he's busy, understandably. So they just go inside the bullpen. But Ernesto sees them and goes over to see if he can help because they're still being ignored, which. They're preparing for a storm, so yeah, they it's have other things on their mind. Yeah, they've got other things on their mind, which yeah, I get it. But Ernesto goes up, and the younger woman is named Sampaguita. And she's actually kind awesome of, she's actually quite pretty. She is, but she's played by Chanel Latour, Torre, and her grandmother Lola, who's played by Beverly. Salviejo. Oh, that was, that was my grandma's name, Beverly. It was low. Cute. I bet Sampagita reveals she's a community organizer for this from the barangays near Maribago. And like Ernesto drops, gets some info about Ernesto and that he, he, li- he is from Maribago. And that was his, uh, it was hometown growing up. Of his hometown. But then Lola gets kind of snippy. Because, <laughs> like, like, the people there need help. But some people, and she kind of leaves and so it's like, I'm sorry, we've been calling everywhere, like, trying to help, like, get help for the family, to getting families to shelters. And this is like, let me take you to the chief and see what I can do. He at least tried to help. Yeah. That's all that matters. 
So then in the interrogation room, Alex is arguing with Lockhart over the fact that El Diablo can't leave because he's going to cut this to, to a parking ticket. Lockhart gets a little bit pissy here. This is like, I appreciate your assistance, Agent Walker. He basically is like, I don't recall assisting anyone anything. True. He base he's like, we basically did the whole damn thing. You just stepped in. Yeah, you stepped in to name of the paperwork. True. And well, Lockhart, oh he angered me so much. Yeah, because he was like, I assure you. He did the word version of that. Go away. Yeah. Yeah. That hand gesture. And I'm like. I have a hand gesture for you, but mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was my Elliot coming out. I was so mad. Oh, yeah, like, then Lockhart's like, yeah, Lockhart's like, I assure you, El Diablo will be prosecuted. Knox is like, I assure you, I am not sure. That right now. That was freaking hilarious. It is kind of hilarious. And <laughs> so. Then Lockhart's like, yes, we cut El Diablo a deal some years ago because some Yahoo in the field made a mistake, which pisses Alex off. Because he's like, you know nothing to be in the field. And sometimes following protocols what gets you killed. And Lockhart's like, yeah, pro- sometimes protocol gets you, pr- sometimes not following, sometimes following, not following protocol gets your prisoner release. No, I don't like it either, but a law applies to, the law applies to us the same as them. And even if it makes our job harder. Which I mean there's uh, kind yeah. of a point there. Yeah. After he like, said no that, one's above like, the law. True. Even but, like, the government agents and stuff is like see Alex's do, point too. How do government agents who are breaking the law get off with like minimal time instead of actually serving the full yeah. Like, so minimum of 10 years or yeah. something like that. That's where so, he's wrong. Yeah. Well, this but is the case where kind have, of both I'm, are correct in a way. Yeah. I, yeah. Is Alex um, being like. Two, it's two sides to the same coin. It is. Basically. And I put the DEA guy, which is the guy that Alex is talking to. I was like, I know why Kim. State Department. Yeah. I know why Kim. He's evil. I don't like him mm-hmm. at all. There was an immediate red flag with him mm-hmm. and then I could just tell her something off and we'll see yeah. why <laughs> yeah so we go to Akampa's office and he's kind of rude to Sempagita saying like our resources are stretched thin enough but he's playing with the bomb defusal diffuser robot and Sempagita Sempagita like straight up calls him out on it she's like but she's like what is that you're playing with there He's like state of the art bomb defusal robot. And she's like, How many of your resources did that buy? Yeah. <laughs> you can kind of see the moment where he looks up like Shit. Like, yeah, he's like it was a mix between uh, crap and also excuse him what? What did you <laughs> say? <laughs> Wait, I swear, yeah, did Ernest like crack a bit of a smirk at that? He did. <laughs> because she was blunt with him. 
she with was. Ogongo, and I'm like, and I immediately thought, ooh, I like this girl. I I like her too. She's awesome. She's awesome. I like her too. I was like, can I be her when I grow up? <laughs> yeah. But anyways, they, they leave the office and... She's not afraid to speak her mind, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, but as they leave, Ernesto tells them, like, he has some family in Maribago, and it's like, I can reach out to them for help. <laughs> like, the grandmother, but Lola is, like, still pissed. Ernesto's yeah. like, my cousin's a t- truck driver. He can grab some people from the shelter before the bag- bagayo. Or bagayo. I'm going to end up saying it both ways, so I apologize in advance. But then Alex comes in. Yeah, before the storm hits. Yeah, basically before the storm hits. Alex is like, hey, that word. Like, there's that word again. What does it mean? And this is like a typhoon, a big one. And it's basically, it's coming to Cebu. But then you see, like, it clicks for Alex. He's like, shit, my gift shop. Like, that's what Corey meant. And then he's like, then, I, but it's, I had to go back. It's going to blow away. Then he goes to leave. And then, then he comes and back he, and it's like, uh, guys. He says the thing. Guys, I need a ride. <laughs> no, but before he, he like storms off and he comes back, what does he say to Ernesto? He says, damn it, man. Or, oh, yeah. Because he like. Because like the two women, or Sempiquita, Lola, and Ernesto, all look at him like, like we're all busy, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, and Ernesto like, at least is like, damn it, man. <laughs> but it's such a disappointed. I was, I was, expect, I was expecting either a damn Harrison or a damn Parker. <laughs> oh, I want these two a redemption to drop so I can get my damn it Harrison fix. I'm rewatching the OG leverage just so I can get the damn it Hardison. <laughs> and then also oh, I can't too. wait to get to the first episode that has that in it. I think it's first date, second day of a job, but I don't know. Yep. Second day of a job. Yeah. And which one uh which one of those David jobs do we meet Quinn? First. We get a tombstone reference. Mm-hmm. Two of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that episode. It's, it's in the last damn job. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Alex goes outside. I love that episode. But yeah, there. Mm-hmm. It was so close to being an Elliot line, yeah. but it was not. And I was kind of disappointed. It was like, damn it. Like his voice went up a bit too. It cracked. His voice cracked. Like, I trusted you, man. Like, you're my friend. And you ain't giving me a ride. Damn it. (coughs) (coughs) But then, uh, like, we see Alex go outside, and it's so much worse outside. Like, rain's pounding, wind's howling, even more, like, started to, like, rip shingles off the roof. And people are boarding up the the police station. Police station still. And Alex's yeah. exit is cut. Or, like, the way he came out gets shut. 
which is important. But then this is the part where shit hits the fan, as they say, because the uh, the cop that Kai sent for coffee comes back to uh, like give these drunk guys the coffee, and they take his keys and grab his weapon, and like they force him to take him to the weapons. Yeah. Room. They basically uh, forced him to the ground and then took his weapon from him. Or they forced him, like, or they had him against the... Yeah, they pinned the, him, basically. They pinned him against the door or the bars. Yeah, to where he could pull away. And, yeah. And Alex gets a and ride. It made, it, yeah, it made me hate those thugs even more. Mm-hmm. I wanted to throat punch them. Each and every mm-hmm. one of them. Yeah, so, but, and then the guys end up, or the drunk guys end up getting the machine guns. But, uh, yeah, crap. then we see, yeah. But then we see Alex's ride doesn't take him very far because the driver can't see and ends up leaving, taking the keys with him. Yep. Which I want to keep in mind or make a note. That uh, Alex is an Okie boy who probably lives in Tornado Alley. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Which kind of makes this make sense because, like, Midwest people don't take tornadoes seriously. Like, they do and don't. That's not necessarily true. A tornado. Uh, warning, however, we don't take seriously it, but a tornado watch, we do. Yeah. Because I am a Midwestern girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, yeah. if it's more severe than but a like, warning, I can yeah, see Alex, because Alex is like, it gets fine. Like, I gotta get to my gift shop. Like, how bad could the storm actually be? Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, you poor yeah. naive okie boy. Yeah, but then he, like, like, he realizes that, like, the driver took the keys with them. And he's like, he took the keys? Damn it, driver person. <laughs> Damn it, driver person. And <laughs> has to leave. So then at the bullpen, Sampagita is, like, like, can't like reach anyone back home and like can't reach anyone to get a ride back and Ernest is like my shift ends soon I'll give you a ride <laughs> and so get to try to climb him below this Ernest assures her it's fine and his cousin's taking his truck to the his truck to the community center and he's gonna load up people and take them to the shelter. Then <clears throat> freaking Lola. It's like you're you're a good man. Simpagita, this is the kind of man that you should marry. <laughs> she Simpagita gets so flustered. Her eyes get I know, wide. It was so cute. she is embarrassed. That was adorable. And Anessa just kind of smiles. 
face. Like I've heard blurred on. Yeah, but he's like, I've heard this kind of before, basically, is what his actions okay, say. Yeah. But like he gets a slurred on a little and it's like So you're not involved with anyone? <laughs> and she's still wide at like, oh my freaking god. It's like she just the poor girl's speechless at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which you know, we talk about Alex being smooth as hell with that. Like, I wasn't talking about the moonlight. <laughs> Look, Ernesto we talking about man. Alex being Ernesto, oh man. Damn. I was impressed. That game. <laughs> that game. It's like, I was impressed. That game. It's like, damn. Exactly. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, damn. Silent Bob has got some moves. On him, like damn, where did he? He's been holding out on us. He's like, where, where in the hell did he learn? I'm sorry, I need to get more to drink. I need to get more to drink. I'll be back in a sec. Chair down. Right. 
You were muted. I was muted. I am sorry. <laughs> oh my God. Backing up a bit. All right, let's get going. So basically Lockhart tells a compo that El Diablo needs to be transported. So they go into the elevator and Kai and Ernesto go with them. And the board that's like boarding up the front door gets blown out. So the poor front desk cop has to try and board it back up. Then Alex comes back and he's trying to find his way to the police station. But the cop's busy, not paying attention, so Alex is just kind of slamming up. So he goes to find another exit, basically. Yeah. <laughs> He's, like, basically borderline panicking at this moment. Because, like, I'm guessing he can't really walk, like, walk to the gift shop. So the only choice he has left is to go back to the police station. Yep. And I'm assuming his plan is to just get back into police station, hold up there, and until pray it dies down. to get ruined. Yeah, until it dies down enough that he can go back and check to see what's going on with his gift shop. Yeah. But anyway, but continuing on, so Campo, Lockhart, Kai, Ernesto, and El Diablo all get out the elevator, go into the lobby. Ernesto tells Sampaquita and Lola that he'll drive them home after this prisoner transfer. But in Sampaquita tries to climb, Ernesto's like, I've driven through worse. And then Lola's like, tells Sampaquita that it would be rude to not accept. And they know each other better. <laughs> Poor Sampaquita is so embarrassed. I know, which is freaking hilarious. Just kind of takes it lately and is like, oh, I think your grandmother has a crush on me. That was funny. Let's see, see what is like. She's been trying to marry off since I was 16. <coughs> and Sipikita so says she's been trying to marry me off since I was 16. Mel's got. COVID. Yes, it's like, well, I'm glad she's failed so far. What? All at the same time. What? Alex? Um, yeah, my three of my relatives have COVID. Oh, no. Including me. That's four people. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So y'all okay so far? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've had it for a few days, but yeah, my aunt, two of my aunts and my uncle have it. So. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Continuing on, Ernesto 
gets his foot on again. It's like, well, I'm glad she's failed so far. So Lockhart then reveals that the transport van can't get in because the storm, all the storm, like the storm has grounded all the aircraft. And Alex manages to like peel a bit of the board away so he sees like this small window. Yeah, and you can kind of see into into the lobby, uh, and he's like trying to bang. Yeah. yeah. Trying to get the center of the floor so left side. Yeah. Uh, he's basically trying to be like, hey, like, let me in. But then, um, like, they're all talking about, like, where to put El Diablo until transport arrives. So they go back to the elevator to take him to the holding cells. In the basement. In the basement, basically, yeah. Yeah. So this... <coughs> This is where shit really hits the fan. Because. This is where the dynamite blows up. This is because Alex is he's still like trying to bang on the glass to like get their attention. But um. Go to the elevator. Elevator opens up. Those drunk guys from earlier. Are in the elevator with machine guns. Push a combo out of the way using the cop they have as hostage they start firing shooting the front desk cop Noso hides Sampagita and Lola and goes to return fire but he gets shot in the shoulder mind you and Alex is like no yeah but he's like no he's screaming he's banging on the glass like this is like the moment like Alex like he like you think he had a bad day but now he's having like a really shitty day yeah this is the no good very bad day for him now yeah this is it went from <clears throat> like no good to really bad like And but there's like a moment when Kai tries running to Ernesto, but she has to stop because a gun gets drawn on her. But so she kind of was saying oh, in the I loved her. I loved her reaction to it. She was, she did one of these. She froze, but then looked over her shoulder, and she had like this death glare in her eyes. Yeah. I, who the hell? So I pulled. Yeah, that was. Uh, well, it was kind of in between a go to hell and a go fuck yourself. <laughs> With a little mix of, I'm about to kill someone. Like, I'm going to beat your ass. Yep. So, in the Facebook Live, Eric Cunha was saying that we did like a little spin after he got shot because like the impact of the bullet would like spin you. Yeah. So I have in all caps in my notes, this is what my note says. Freaking Art Acuna is spinning because the bullet hit him when Mythbusters proved the bullet wouldn't spin you like that. <laughs> like I was so pissed. <laughs> But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, 
No, that was the flown back they tested. Yeah. Like you get shot and then like you get blown out the window. Yeah. That was proven false. At worst, if you get shot like that, considering how far away he was, they were like this far away, it would it forced his shoulder over because he kind of leaned back a little bit. So it kind of makes sense for him to spin. Yeah. Just momentum wise. Yeah, momentum will send you into either a twist or fall, depending on how you're standing. In this case, it was a spin. And I've seen in other shows where the person's getting shot at that distance that they were standing away from each other. Um, and they've gotten spun on their butt, basically, and then they collapse. And, and that's what happened to him. And I'm like, he tried to pull a little bit of, like, a Chucky Shin ninja move. <laughs> but it backfired. <laughs> it backfired. Yeah. All right. Carrying on. So... Sempagita goes to like try and comfort and help him, but and then like he and Alex, he is so pissed and fuming like like he's a pot of water boiling over right now. Yep, all over the stove and all over the floor at this point. Yeah, and he goes to find another entrance. And then El Diablo gets out of his chains, and one of the one of the goons starts filling in him in on like uh, like they're still waiting on the private contractors they hired, and they had like local thugs break him out basically. Yep, local and gang Sam members basically. Sempiquita yeah, and Lola get Sempiquita gets Lola in herself to stay with Ernesto as she's a nurse. I know. <laughs> so they just go to take like uh they just take Kampakai and Lockhart and the backup generator gets kicks in. So then like they all end up staying. Or they end up having a compost day because he's a better hostage, basically, <laughs> as he's the chief. Yeah. He's a bigger fish, basically. So then Alex ends up finding this, like, grate that leads underneath the station. And I think it's a vent. It is a vent. It's an air duct vent. <laughs> we get Alex in a freaking vent. I got, I got, I'm saving it. I'm saving it for later. I'm saving it for later. I'm saving it for later. Okay, fine. So, so then. Alright, go ahead. Nope, I can't do it now. Okay. You ruined it. Sorry. So Lockhart and Kai end up getting locked in these holding cells and Lockhart starts to panic. Because, like, the reason he's out in the field is because he wanted to, like, see if he had one it took. And, like, and the window starts busting, like, it starts cracking. It's funny. The water's you coming can tell that, Yeah, you can tell that he's not a field agent. <laughs> he is not. 
He's an office clerk. But Alex, I see him crawling through the vent. Army crawling. He's army crawling through the vent. And he gets in. Which looks like vent training paid off. With those hot, strange vents. Parker. (laughs) But I will say, okay, first the taser, now the vents. First taser, now vents. Money. What's next? Money, yeah. What's next? Fucking orange soda? (laughs) I swear to freaking God, Dean Devlin. We see what you're doing. Mm. <coughs> Freaking hot, strange vents, man. I'm sorry. I'm care- oh. All right, moving on. Goodness. So Alex finds Lockhart and Kai. When he tries using Lockhart's belt to open to unlock the door, basically he's lock picking. All right. <laughs> so back at the lobby, Ernesto is still like bleeding out. The Sampaquita is like taking care of him. And there's like this silent moment between like the three of them as she's like, like she looks at her hands, which are covered in Ernesto's blood. And that and, shows you how much he's bleeding out. Yeah. And he's but you can see this, this silent, like, like, I don't, I, like, I need more, like I need more something to like soak up this blood to stop the bleeding. Yeah, I need to like basically... Keep, she was in her head. I could see it in her head. She was like, I'm thinking yeah. I need to keep more and pressure. Like she like, looks at I mean, Lola, who rips part of her skirt. Yeah, she's like, I need more cloth. And yeah, basically, it's what she's saying. So like, her grandmother. Yeah, her grandmother just rips a big old chunk of her skirt off and hands it to her. And gives it to Sampaquita to like very... put it on Ernesto's wound. But then that one of the goons makes the dig. <laughs> it is pretty kind of MacGyver-esque. But then, like, one of the goons makes a dig about a compo basically being a media horror. <laughs> well, he ain't I'm wrong. sorry. A compo kind of is. True. He's not wrong. But I've never heard it worded like that before. Hardest... I'm kind of using <laughs> Hardison's term and oh, yeah. the miracle job, remember? Oh, right. I'm talking about Andrew Grant. And this today makes a clip like, I owe your grandmother a new skirt. And he had the smirk on his face. He was smart. He was. Yes, and he gets shushes him and tells him he needs to like rest and he's gonna be okay. And this is like a nurse and a community organizer. What are you applying for sainthood? 
And she get, gets and a chuckle gets out a, of that, too. They, yeah, they both get, get a chuckle out of her. It. Yeah. That was but cute. Just like, there are a lot of people in this world who take, perhaps, who need more willing to give. But you can see, like, she starts getting anxious. She can't stop bleeding, and she's like, I need more bandages. And this is like, I need, I need bandages. I need sutures. And this is like, I have a first aid kit at my desk. But, and Sampagita tells El Diablo that like she needs a first aid kit, and it, he says it's in his desk. And then, and the compass, or not the cop, who. What was his name? What was his name? Hold on. Birdo. Birdo. His name's Birdo. Uh, it says, like, he knows where his desk is, so, one of the, like, one of the goons... Can we find out his name? Gigi goes with them to like get the first aid kit. Alex is still trying to get the door open to the holding cell, but he ends up snapping the belt and letting out it. God damn it! And throws the belt. Well, before he before he did that, he fell on his butt. <laughs> he did fall on his butt. Because he's pulling on it like so hard that it's tight, and then when it gives, because Kai's it, pulling on one end, he's pulling on the other end. They got like the <laughs> it's like the tension's there, and then it just gives. Uh, I'm sorry, my mind went dirty. Ignore me. Mine did too. I'm tired. But anyways, the belt snaps. He throws it. And Kai's like, you need to get the keys. Ocampo keeps the spare in his office. And just as Alex goes, just as Alex leaves to go get the keys, the window busts. Then again, like a whole flood of water. And it starts. So time's a ticking. Yeah. And it starts to pull at their feet a little bit. And they're standing in like this much water. Yeah. first. They're standing in a decent amount of water. Yep. And that's relevant. Keep that in mind. It is relevant. So Alex starts navigating the hallways, seeing the cop with the goon. Or seeing Birdo. With Gigi. Gigi has a gun on Birdo. But he's being a dick. Typical bad guy. Because he, he's like shoving Birdo, like having the gun at the back <coughs> of his head. There was even a part where he was like growling and like chuckling menacingly. Like, there is something wrong with this dude. I don't like it. Yeah. Malx obviously realizes like he's got to help Birdo. So we 
goes into one of the other rooms, finds some duct tape. actually have duct tape but I don't want to waste it because I could probably actually like show like what Alex did but basically he kind of like peeled the tape folded it in half stuck it together and had the still had the roll at the bottom yeah he pulled out a section about like this long says so because he uh, like yeah, and then folded it over after it was folded over. Because he's like mom. was spinning it and like spinning it. pulling it too. Yeah. I have that written down. The thing with the duct tape. I didn't realize. He did a uh, kind of a little bit of a spinning thing with the duct tape. I didn't do a spinning thing with the duct tape. But then, so then Berto goes to his office and finds the first aid kit and the goon sees it is indeed a first aid kit. So they go back and Alex kind of sneaks behind and he starts, he uses because like they're around like the corner of where Alex, the room Alex is in. (coughs) Gigi pushes the goon or pushes Birdo. Alex takes the Takes the tape, uses it as like a grope, pulls him back. And basically kind of cinches up on it. Yeah, it's like choking him, basically. Uh, And uses the, like, the wool wool to like whack him with it. He basically. Then uses the tape to like tie him up. And as he's fighting. (laughs) He, He kicked his but with the roll of duct tape. That's Which is very funny. MacGyver-esque. That's very MacGyver-esque. Elliot did the same thing. And oh, the radio yeah. job, remember? <laughs> when he's taunted, the goon is like, oh, I get it. You work on hourly. They were, or they work on hourly. You work on commission. Or whatever. And he's like, make it out a couple of guys in here. This one turned out better for you. I'm just saying. But he also uses a roll of duct tape to fight the goons. And what's funny is in the audio commentary, like that was the joke. And like, CK added this, like, this feels familiar, but it was cut out. Which, <laughs> damn it, the. Why'd you why'd you let that get cut? Yeah, and also uh in the in the Facebook live CK mentioned that again and like because with yeah, Alma Paradise they were like you said it under it's like yeah I said it under my breath like this feels familiar <laughs> but didn't make the cut and I'm like but didn't make the cut and I think I said in the in the comment section damn it Dean and he saw it he saw my comment and starts laughing. It doesn't say anything. His team was also saying how, like, oh, like, it was the stunt, was it stunt coordinator? Yeah. Somebody. They're He's telling somebody. Yeah, it was a stunt coordinator. He's telling the stunt coordinator about, like, what he was going to have Christian do. And, like, it's like, 
and I think his name is Rodney, Rodney Cook. I think is his name, yeah. Yeah. And he was like, 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 can Christian do this? And you just like, oh, he has done it before. Just kind of like, just let him do his thing. And he'll know what to do. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just give him the material that he needs, like, which is the duct tape, and he'll know what just to do. Just give him the duct tape, and he'll know what to do. Yeah. And he <laughs> did. He did it before. <laughs> he did it perfectly. <laughs> I love that. It was so yeah. funny, and I'm like, and, but the fact that he said in a previous cut, he's like, yeah, I said to myself, this feels familiar. This feels familiar. <laughs> cut. Oh, but the fact that I wish they would have kept that in the mm-hmm. actual thing. That would have made it seem so much better. That would have been like, okay, what about that felt familiar? And what the heck were you doing with the roll of duct tape undercover? Mm. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> the comes in. <laughs> oh god, Cameron's gonna kill me. So then Berto comes in and helps Alex with the goon like tying up his legs. And Alex like Checks, grabs the gun, like checks it, and it's like, okay, we need to find you a weapon, and we need to, we're gonna fight our way out. And we're just like, no, like Ernesto needs it. Like, I have to get this back to Ernesto. Like, he got shot. Like, Ernesto needs this. And Alex is like, all right, go back to Ernesto. But if things get hot, get ready to like help any way you can. Yeah, and at this point, he didn't realize that she has experience in fighting. Mm-hmm. Well, I say that, but, like, he didn't. Yeah, the, the fact that she's willing to go back to help Ernesto, despite being Alberto, injured, yeah. it's mm-hmm. smart. Yeah, yeah, Berto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, the fact that they, they care so much about the cops their like mm-hmm. family basically which yeah is incredible. yeah so then they go back and a tries taunting el diablo it's like it's gonna be a while before you can leave and um, he just laughs and berto explains Gigi's appearance as he went to grab something to eat which works <laughs> Which the goon actually, they actually bought the friend. Oh, what an idiot. But then Bardo comes back over and goes to Ernesto and is telling him, like, the gift shop man is here. And Ernesto <laughs> kind of smiles like, I was hoping he'd show up. I mean, he kind of knew. Mm-hmm. A little bit, which is funny as crap. Mm-hmm. So Alex now has the keys, puts them in his back pocket. Has them in his back pocket, which is relevant. And he hides again from another goon who is credited as Hippe. And Alex, like, he cocks the gun and he clears the hallway. Javelin is weird. 
because I'm not used to Christian Kane holding the gun. Well, there's other series and stuff that he's done that he's been a cop. <laughs> and this, I put like, there. Taxi. I, I yeah, I, I, yeah. That taxi, movie Taxi. Yes. Yeah. Um, I so haven't seen it. <laughs> Such a bad movie. I've seen it. It is so bad. Uh, Not because of Christian. It's just the writing. It's it's the writing and everything else. Yeah. The fact that Christian knows how to hold a gun properly was impressive. Because he he held it basically like this. He did what he was he supposed to, to do. Yeah, he had your he had his trigger finger on the trigger guard, not where the on the side of the trigger guard, basically like yeah. that. And that's how you're supposed to hold it. Um, which was impressive. Yeah. So Alex goes back to the holding cells and sees that kind Malkar are dangerously close to running out of room. Like they're basically floating at the top. Yeah, they have like this much space. Mm-hmm. And Kai's so Alex picks the, off. Yeah, Kai's grabbing onto the bars with her head. They're both up, holding onto the bars and head up, trying to trying to breathe, get whatever. Yeah, and Alex goes to like take his like jacket off so he can like dive in, but then Hebe spots him. And Alex tries talking him down, <coughs> and you can kind of see. Because he's like, yeah, he's talking down, but then, like, he looks over, sees Kai and, and Lockhart are running out of room. So you can kind of see the silent, like, sorry, you can see the, like, the kind of silent, fuck it. And he starts fighting Hebe. Yep. It's a down, he, like, holds his hands behind him as he dives in the water. And that is because <laughs> the, CK didn't, the keys were in his back pocket and CK didn't want them pocket. to fall out. Well, that and they were making too much noise. Yep. Which. That the, that the boom mic could hear it. Yeah. And that fucks up the audio. Which it did kind of look cool. Yeah. The fact that and he held slow his hands. Dive in. Kind of like this over his back pockets as he jumps down. He had his hands interlaced like that, basically, one on top of the other. Yeah, holding he the gets the gate. Down. Yeah, but he gets the gate open in time, and... <coughs> he helps him out, which is adorable. Yeah, he gets them both out. They get up and tie up Hebe. And they're like, okay, like, there's eight of them. And Alex is like, all right, I took care of two of them, so, like, there's six left. Basically. So, back at the lobby, Eldon is getting patient because, like, he wants his rescue team there before this window so they can prepare. But then Berto reveals to a combo that Gigi and Hebe are not coming back because Walker's here. And then Berto reveals that Alex told him to say it's in his office. What 
is in his office, you might be asking. Well, then the power cuts out. And Alex comes over a loudspeaker with that Russian accent saying, like, no, I killed it. Really and, crappy Russian accent. Yeah. And Cop is like, what the hell is he doing? And Yeah, he's kinda of surprised and mad. And I was like, time. all right, I forgot. I don't need the accent anymore. <laughs> Not the other Lord dead man. Now I'm just like didn't he already say I was a dead man? <laughs> Full on sass. <laughs> He's being a brat. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm having a very bad day. So I'm making it everybody's problem. Because it's hey, your look, fault. Don't mess with me. So now that was like saying like where's the PA system? And it starts threatening like Ernesto. And then it clicks for a combo that like by in his office he meant for like he meant that Alex wanted him to say that the PA system's in his office. Yep. So so a combo's like like, it's in my office, the PA system, the backup generator, it's all controlled for my office. So, El Diablo sends more goons. Sends two more goons. To go after Gigi. Well. They go to find Gigi. Kai and Alex punch them both out. And then Lockhart puts the tape back on Gigi. <laughs> So now there's four goons. And then back in the lobby, El, Dab El Diablo reveals that the plane is winning in a hangar and a compatriot's arguing saying they can't take off in the plane. And El Diablo reveals the window he met was like the eye of the storm, which is 10 miles wide. So he has about a 20 minute window of calm to leave and ride the eye. That's the plan, basically. Yeah, but it could backfire. Yeah. So Alex, Kai, and Lockhart are like looking at all this through the balcony, and Alex like, "All right, Lockhart, you're gonna be our sniper. Like Kai and I are gonna rush him from the ground." Lockhart's like, like, shouldn't we take a couple more guys out? And Alex is like, no, he's not gonna fall for that again. Because like, an accompo and Berto will help if things get too hot. But then four more goons show up, a lot heavier gear. It's freaking no, it's like freaking need Yeah, and like bulletproof vests and tactical gear. So these are the private contractors. 
I was just like, we're going to need a better plan. <laughs> For a bigger plan. I have better, but like we need a bigger boat. <laughs> yep. Now the storm is at its worst because it's starting to tear like roofs off the buildings. Which out, and then you see that, like, it's like in a conference room. Alex is making a map on the whiteboard, and Kai comes in with the bomb bot. And, like, Lockhart's like, okay, what's this? Like, what's the plan? And Alex is like, okay, basically, reveals they're going to create the illusion of a tactical advantage through a distraction, confusion, and surprise. And Alex is going to be in the vent where he can get past them and get to the door. Kai is going to be at a desk on the side waiting. And he's going to be on the other side. And Alex is going to drop down from the vent using himself as bait. The fact that he took the tactical advantage to actually draw out the map, kind of, and show what they're going to do. You can tell that at one point, I bet you he was team lead in the DEA. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he has the tactical approach to what they're doing, which is really cool. But damn, then, damn bitch. Mm -hmm. And Alex like notices Lockhart's a bit nervous, and Alex like, "Like you okay, Hoss?" <clears throat> and then he's like, uh, "Lockhart's like, actually I can't do this." Kai's basically tells him to nut up. And Alex ends up giving the pep talk to Lockhart, saying, like, the people on there are not hostages, they're human shields, and El Diablo's gonna, like, execute them all when they get to the plane. And, like, you can't make deals with guys like that. And then Kai adds, like, you got another chance, like, at that here, so, like, don't waste it. But then... Longcar gets the confidence and stands up, holding the machine gun, pointing it at Alex. <laughs> and he, like, lifts up the machine gun, but it's pointing right at Alex, and he just, like, moves the barrel. Yeah, he, he does one of these. <laughs> Side swipe. I'm giving him a look, like, seriously. It's like, watch where you're pointing that damn thing. <laughs> and then Longcar quotes, once more onto the breach. Now this is like, hey, no Shakespeare. <laughs> Which I wonder if that's a bit of a literary <clears throat> reference because Jake being like a literary. Actually, yeah, like, it being was. a liter. Yeah, yeah. But the quote <laughs> I had to look this up is from uh, Shakespeare's Henry V, Acts three, scene one, and it's lines one through five. And it's basically, it's this monologue where King Henry is like motivating his troops to launch a continuous assault on the gaps in the city walls by saying words. And I actually have it pulled up. I actually, so I recognized it. I'm like, because I took, I read that, uh, one of those sonnets, that exact one, that monologue in high mm -hmm. school. Yeah, so here's once, so this is a 
uh, the excerpt, like the full excerpt. Once more unto the breach, dear friends, once more, or close the wall up with our English dead. In peace or something, so becomes a man as modest stillness, modest stillness and humility. But when the blast of war blows in our ears, then imitate the action of a tiger. Stiffen the sinews, summon up the blood, disguise fair nature with hard favored rage. That bun the eye a terrible aspect, that pry through the portage of the head, like the brass cannon, let the brow overwhelm it, as fearfully as doth a gallant rock, overhang and dready his confounded base, swooled with the wild and wasteful ocean. Now set the teeth and stretch your nostrils wide, hold hard the breath and bend up every spirit to his full height on on the noblest English whose blood is fetched from brothers fathers of war prof, war proof fathers that like so many Alexanders have in these parts from morn till even fought and sheathed their sword for lack of argument the son or not your mothers now attest that those whom you'd call who called fathers did beget you copy now to men of grosser blood and teach them how to war and you good yeoman whose limbs were made in england show us here the middle of your pasture let us swear that you are worth your breeding which i doubt not for there is none of you so mean and base that house not noble luster in your eyes i see you stand like greyhounds in the slips straining upon the start the game's afoot follow your spirit and upon his charge Cry God for Harry, England, and St. George. Which, keep, actually keep this in mind, because the more I was thinking about it after seeing this, I was like, this is kind of what it's about to happen, in a way. And it's kind of is like, with Alex, like, Like summon everything you have. All right, I'll get more into basically, that in a in a bit. Basically, basically, it's like mentally prepare, physically prepare yourself for yeah what's about to happen. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that he goes like, uh, uh-uh, no, you're not doing that. No Shakespeare, which fun <laughs> fact about me. I hate Shakespeare. I don't like Shakespeare very much. I I have a hatred of Shakespeare, and that is because I was in a production of Romeo and Juliet that was basically hell, and that kind of ruined how I viewed theater forever. Yeah, my yeah the only. The only sonnet, well, the only play that I liked was Hamlet. Look at it. Because when we watched the movie after we read the play, it had David Tennant in it, and that made it even better. It was freaking awesome. And I did a poster. Yeah, I did a poster of it, comparing the book to the movie, um, the written play to the actual play itself, and my teacher kept that as future examples for her future oh, class. Neat. Yeah, but I had like little clip art cutouts from magazines and stuff and like mm-hmm. handwritten post-it notes and all that. And it was so much fun. So, yeah, I 
I hate Shakespeare. It's because of that. I am more of like a. I'm more of like a Fahrenheit 451 uh, dystopian novel type person. Yeah. And like Huck Finn and all of that. Those are more my thing. But I'm. Stuff, it, it's I'm a Dan Brown fan. Yeah, it's like. I'm a Dan. Like the mystery. Yeah. Um. um Jack Reacher, the Jack Reacher books by Lee Chang. Yeah, I have, I have, I have a couple of those. Um, I do yeah, too. That, I have all the the, um, the Robert Landon book series. Yeah, the uh, just Shakespeare is just like the language and stuff was really hard for me to understand in high school, but mm. it was a necessary evil for us to mm-hmm. read that. Um, but yeah, of my wasn't even that it was the favorites. language; it was just. Because when I did Romeo and Juliet, our director made us like <coughs> basically did a Shakespeare workshop for us. And that sucked because the way she had done it was not like very when it wasn't entertaining. And two, it felt unnecessary. Like, in my head, as long as you get like the general gist of like what is what like it like what the translation is, and so you know how to act a scene out. That's it. Like you don't need to like translate everything and you don't need to like <laughs> like you don't need to like rhythm out every single freaking word like reading like you read Shakespeare you will find it has a natural rhythm to it because that's what yeah. it's designed to do yeah yeah like the rhyme it's written a rhythm yeah it's a rhythm it's basically a spoken like song. you probably caught the rhythm when I was do when I was saying the mm-hmm. yeah, months onto the breach monologue how yeah, I was getting it, into that rhythm yeah it's basically like I said it's a written it's a, it's a spoken song basically is what it is basically and it. that's what his, that's what his his writings are they're sonnets mm-hmm. they're songs that are but spoken. it was just the way my director had gone about it it was annoying and also she tried adding things that I wasn't comfortable with and I had to like be on stage as like one of the characters like because I was Paris's page so basically I had I was like had to watch Paris die then I was backstage as freaking they had Romeo curb stomp Paris <laughs> and they had bubble wrap on the stage which is what he really slammed onto. So I'm wincing the whole time backstage, listening to like this. And then I had to like go back on stage and act like I just saw like my boss essentially head bashed. <laughs> Yeah, it's like... Then I was stuck cleaning up all the prop blood. 
that's not cool. That's technically for like the uh, the PAs and stuff. Stage managers. Yeah, the stage managers. Yeah. I don't actually recall there being stage managers in that production. Well, there should have been. Because I don't recall the- there being stage managers. I was the one that had to clean up all the prop blood. That's not cool. And they also had actual alcohol on stage the one day. Because they didn't have any prop or any like fake alcohol. So I don't know. I don't exactly remember what like why they didn't just buy some freaking sparkling cider from Martin's or from a grocery store because it was literally like not far away at all. And there's a freaking gas station that was right across from the theater. So, like... They could have ran over and gotten, like, a Gatorade or something. Something that could have been improvised as, like, some kind of spirit. Because it was supposed to be, like, champagne because it was for, like, the masquerade. Yeah, I know what scene you're talking about. Yeah. So it was supposed to be like champagne and we had it. It was like a fall, like Halloween party kind of thing, like a masquerade ball kind of thing. And yeah, they had actual alcohol on stage, which meant I got handed a glass, but could not drink it. So I was basically just holding a glass of something I couldn't drink, which not made me feel awkward because I was like, like I couldn't do anything with it. So it was like a useless prop. It's funny. And yeah, and then I had to wear this freaking ugly brown lipstick, lip gloss, which was sticky as hell. That smeared when I took it off, and only had like two minutes to freaking change in between scenes including taking off that lipstick which sucked so yeah I hated that production and I'm never doing Shakespeare again so yeah so yeah my favorite um, thing when we were actually studying the whole for me, the, my favorite part of studying Shakespeare was getting to do the Shakespearean insults. <laughs> uh, yeah. We came up with the weirdest thing. Like, the weirdest insults. And I, I tried to say mine out loud. I had to bring the Coast Guard. <laughs> I couldn't get through it. I was trying to say it out loud. To my teacher, oh, of all yeah. people. <laughs> and I was practically on the floor laughing so hard. I couldn't do it. Oh, I God. couldn't do it. So I'm like, here, just read it. I can't. <laughs> and she read it out loud, and I was dying on the floor laughing. It's, um, there's this, like, sl- seriously, then, like, Lockhart leaves, <coughs> takes another, like, puff of his inhaler, but then Alex is just, like, shaking his head. <laughs> 
So uh, they get in positions. Alex is in the vents, which vent practice paid off. And you can see that like Sempikita's gonna nervous because they're like no one like they're gonna kill them. And it's like if today is my last day, I'm grateful to have spent it with you. Nesto, my guy. Letting as you're dying, like you're bleeding out. And so he just like, I don't want to die, Ernesto. And this is like, that's not, I'm not going to let that happen. And then he takes his glasses off. So you know shit's about to go down. Yep, I wrote that. And I'm like, he takes his, he takes his damn glasses off and it's like, oh, shit's about to go down. Yep, shit's about to go down. And down it does. So then, like, El Diablo gives the order to, like, move in to kill the hostages. <coughs> but then there's, like, a rumbling in the vents. Like, something's in the vents. So, like, all the goons, like, fire. But then it's the bomb bot. And it's Eunice. Like, the robot oh, come that killed. on. Because you're like, oh, come on. He did. But then, like, Lockhart goes ahead of the plan. And then Kai goes in, too. And now it's like, like, damn, not yet. So then, so then he, so being the dramatic motherfucker he is, drops down, rolls. And takes the Abel hostage. So it is like, and he's like, what's up, Vese? <laughs> and it's like, like, tell your guys to, like, drop their guns. And he has the gun on El Diablo. El Diablo is like, stop shooting, hold your fire. And Alex is like, that's not what I said. I said, get up your weapons right now. He is so pissed and so done. And like they do and Lock, like Lockhart and Kai get up, but then like another goon takes Sampagita hostage. So, so gun goes up, guns go on him. You know, the Tons Alex looks like, it's like, looks like it's time to play. Let's make a deal, huh? Then turns the hostages, and Alex is like, is like, like, tell your guy, like, tell your guy to put this gun down. I was like, or what, you can execute me. And Alex is like, don't test me, man. Don't test me, not today. Like, he is literally, like, half a step away from murder. <laughs> yep. This close. Poor boy's going through it this episode. I know. Poor baby. <laughs> he just yeah. needs a hug. He, he does. Needs a hug. And a vacation. True. But where will he go? Hmm. he is kind of broke. <laughs> but then El Diablo like says that she'll die and like her blood's on Alex's hands. Alex then like finally 
like get takes his gun off Eldiago and puts it down. And then the goon starts like taunting him, like, Do you really think you can defeat the great El Diablo? But then you see he like he like he gets shot. Like you can see like his chest fell, like he got shot. He goes down, then you see freaking Ernesto come up, revolver in hand, pale, glasses off. And then, <laughs> as soon as he took his glasses off, you knew she was about to go down. Yeah. Then it's a brawl. <clears throat> Everyone's fighting. Even like Campo gets in on the action. He shoots the guy in the hand. He like I thought he kicked him in the hand or something. Nope, he shot him in the hand, right through the palm. Oh my god. That's pretty damn accurate. So it's a brawl. Everyone's fighting. And they're all like holding their own. But then Sampaquita grabs one of the machine guns. Freaking starts yelling. Firing up in the air. And then it's, yeah. And then it like points it at the goon is. Goons in her. Like, like it's done. And then like on the yellow gets up. Because like Alex had got him on the ground. He's yelling like and the goons like kill them all, and Alex just like punches and like shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> like sit down, boy. It's like shut your damn pie hole. Like, like sit your ass back down. No one talking to you. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> and then a combo could. Sorry, and then comes over and is like, you're good with that. So he does like, I learned how to be a nurse in the army. <laughs> and combo like slowly takes the gun away from her. Yeah, he's like, okay then, Damn. give me that. Yeah, like, I'll take that, thank you. <laughs> and Alex like comes to check it on Nesto and is like, hey, wait a minute. You had a gun this whole time? And this is like, well. And then we get a flashback <laughs> to Berto getting the first aid kit from the desk, and in the which was an actual first aid kit, but underneath it has a hidden compartment that carried the revolver. And Ernesto like reveals it to Sambuquita like when it's time. Like And then he goes like yeah. He says, quiet, don't don't say anything. <laughs> and she smiled at him when he did yeah. that. And so then it's back Ernesto puts the glasses back on, saying it was a team effort. And Alex is impressed and Ernesto gets a hug from Sampaquita. So since the storm's done, everyone is out of the police station cleaning up. El Diablo is getting taken do the prisoner transport all the goons are being like transport like arrested too yep. and ernesto talks with sempita about saving each other's lives ernesto's like i was the one who firing off an automatic weapon <laughs> he was like it was fun he was flirting with her he was. 
and Nesto agrees to volunteer at the community center and you could kind of see Alex and Kai are looking at like, oh, he's got a crush. Yeah, like they're both like mentally taking notes to give Keep shit later. Yep. To give Ernesto shit later. And then while Carter's chores, Alex said El Diablo's. Sure, you keep yawning. And then Lock Carter sure's El Diablo's sure's Alex El Diablo's gonna serve all time. Alex's like, you're alright. Just don't get addicted to the action. <coughs> like it doesn't suit you. Then Lockhart kinda like asked Alex to come back, like Oh, like no, like they need guys like me at the office, but they need guys like you out in the field. No, it's like now I'm trying to avoid this kind of stuff. Alex is like, there is no try, or Alcart's like, there is no trying, only do. And now it's like, Alex, seriously, Alex is like, you wanna really? That's what you're going with? Yep. Which I put Alex is a secret nerd. I know. He understood that reference. <laughs> and I put down in quotation marks, really? A geeky reference? <laughs> yeah. And Lockhart and Kai say their goodbyes. And Kai makes a comment to Alex about, like, being over, about Storm being over, and everything starts to grow with Alex, like, has his oh shit moment. Because he forgot about his gift shop. <laughs> <clears throat> So he goes to leave, he's like, shit, the gift shop. Goes to leave, and he comes back, and it's like, like, I, I really need a ride, man. Like, I really need a ride. And the guy's like, come on. And she gives him a ride back to the gift shop. So it's twice in one episode we get Alex asking for a ride. Yeah. I can't wait to get to that last one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So they go back to the gift shop, and, and it's, it's okay. It's safe. It's all stocked up. It's getting cleaned up. And there's only, like, minor there, damage. See, yeah, but you can see that, like, Alex is both, like, shocked and relieved. And, of course, like, why do you worry? Like, this shack's been here for 40 years. Like, this, this storm, no problem. And I'm like, I food. Really, Corey? Really? Like, say, no bother, this old shack. (coughs) Alex is still, like, shocked, and he's like, I thought I lost everything. And then Corey's like, Alex, Pamika, Pamilika, your family, impossible to lose everything. That was cute. It was cute. And Alex is like he's like shocked at this gesture that like in a, like this gesture kind of says like you did this for me? Like of course. Weren't you listening? Besides, you paid me on time for once. It's the least I can do. <laughs> that was cute. But then Alex like hugs for hugs. And she's Corey. like, get off of me, you crazy man. <laughs> Cause he's like he's so happy to like that he like he has his gift shop and it's okay. And <laughs> she pushes him back and slaps him. He's just like, okay. Okay. 
The actress who plays Corey had way too much fun with that. <laughs> I'm sure she did. No, I'm sick. I'm sorry. She, I'm, just, I'm she, just really happy right now. Yeah, she even said, she even said in the Facebook Live that, yeah, I enjoyed that way too much. Huh. <laughs> and Christian goes, you, I you did too. The banter back and forth. And then Corey's like, you crazy. Man, I didn't know here for us. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm just really happy right now. Of course, like, don't need to make it a big deal, you stupid man. <laughs> just me. Then she walks off. Then you see a shattered snow globe. And that's the end of the episode. So I do have some final notes, but, um, so. The note of Alex's water never going off, and what and <coughs> they say in the Facebook Live that it's because Alex is in his element in the chaos, which kind of goes yeah. with my idea. How I kind of I kind of said this in the first episode, how Alex needs that adrenaline because he spent so long in that adrenaline and. And that yeah, heightened body's... sense of adrenaline and his body's addicted to instability. <laughs> like he spends so long in that like constant heightened state that it literally like this is actual. You can Google this, but there are actual scientific studies, I believe, that show that PTSD quite literally like rewires the brain. It's, it's proven. It's a psycho. Yeah. They did a psychological study. Yeah. And, and a find that. a a a example of this um, in real life was the the Stanford Prison Experiment. Yeah. Those students had PTSD. Yeah. After after what they went through, mm-hmm. um, and there was one. Whenever he heard shouting or anything like that, he would flinch. Yeah. And break down. PTSD physically rewires your brain. It does. And it takes time for that that wound to heal. And it never fully heals because your brain brain gets permanently rewired. So, quite literally. To fix it. A yeah, little so bit, quite but... literally, Alex literally cannot calm down. As much as he tries, he can't. As much as he can't, as much as he wants to, as much as he tries, he could control his heart rate. He could control his blood pressure. Still... Yeah, the stress is still there. He could do his he meditation. He could do his meditations, but he quite literally is physically unable to get out of that heightened state. Yeah, that's where he thrives. That's where he's the most And his brain's been literally rewired to where he needs the chaos to function. Yeah, he spent, like, what, three decades Um, undercover? Probably. Just about two decades and a half undercover. Two and a half, maybe. Yeah, two and a half. Somewhere longer. Yeah, two and a half decades undercover. Mm-hmm. Twenty some years undercover. His brain's completely different. In a constant, 
heightened state of yeah. instability and insecurity and, and what he says in the beginning of each, yeah what he says in the beginning of each episode he came to the philippines to reduce stress relax Wait, was, like, boy was i wrong yeah because that's why he literally came to the philippines because he wanted to like get a he wanted to try and calm down and, and get away from everything and but... get away but he is quite literally physically unable to yep no no because he keeps getting pushed into these situations yep but he quite like he like needs the chaos because he literally yep. cannot function without it yep and he would probably and he he gets more anxious doing everyday mundane tasks than doing high adrenaline field stuff yep because like yeah alex said in the second episode <clears throat> he tells the doctor like like it's normal life that stresses me out like when i'm on a case i'm calm but it's like normal life that stresses me out he keeps stressing out about like his bills and like getting the water shut off at his place which there is something to be said about i mean maybe not to this scale but like i've even seen like when i am like constantly doing something or like i have a lot going on i find myself being much more calmer and being able to manage it than not being able to do anything or just not doing something. Exactly, I'm the same way. Which I'm like trying to like recognize when I need to like take a day and when I need to like calm down. But <clears throat> just interesting to think about all right my next note i want to see sampaquita and ernesto in season two because <laughs> they were adorable i know yeah i've got a couple of notes from the facebook live mm -hmm. i want to go through one sam looks so cute she did when she popped in and CK's reaction to her popping in was so adorable. It was like a big brother. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, when CK got the got the fight question, that was me. I asked that <laughs> question, and I fangirled so hard when he answered it. I was like, "No way!" He read my question. He answered it. Twice though, but yeah, I asked the fight questions like, "What was your favorite fight?" or something like that. that. Was what the question was, and when he answered it, he's like, "Oh, this one. This was my top five. Yeah, fight." And I'm like, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, and then freaking glasses on CK when in yeah. the Facebook Live. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I mentioned the the duct tape fight, and I'm like, that feels familiar. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I put in the notes, uh, first you pulled a Parker with a stun gun, and now the duct tape fell. In the <laughs> last decade. Com- yeah, and I commented that. I was like, first you pull a Parker with a stun gun, now duct tape, what the hell? I freaking love that when you, like, and, you, like, and, rammed yeah, the taser yeah. into, like, the big guy's chest. How are you? Tired. How you feel? And it is, like... I'm okay. Well done. <laughs> what was that for? You know, like... <laughs> Stop throwing candy at me. <laughs> you feel bad for me. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Was, I got candy was thrown like, at me. <laughs> Who's that one for now? It's like, that was for Bayani. Then he, like, tases them again. This is like, who's that for the four? And I was like, because. Okay, <laughs> Parker. Put down the taser. Mm. All right, my next note I want to say is, just poor Alex, man. He really went through with this episode. Poor buddy. Like, need a break. Like, yeah, like, like his prisoners got out to be transferred to the State Department. He's about to lose his gift shop in this storm, or so he thinks. He can't get a ride. <laughs> his, his friends are held <laughs> hostage and shot in a police station. Like, he went through with this episode. That poor boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is actually supposed to be a bottle episode. But, um, Carrie was saying how, um, Yeah, I think it was Carrie was saying how like they were su- it was supposed to start out of as a bottle episode, but Dean kept like adding stuff to the point where it, it could like not be a bottle episode anymore. So it just never became a bottle episode. But uh, this episode, what's interesting about this episode is it kind of almost happens in real time. Pretty much. Like, basically from the point the hostages take over the police, or the, sorry, El Diablo takes over the police station, it kind of is like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, it's almost systematic in how quick that chain reaction happens. Yeah, and in almost real time, like. Yeah. Kind of like how it would happen in real life. A bit, yeah, like. But it slowed down just a smidge. 
did. And also they shot this over Christmas and yeah, it was almost had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was almost like they had to you could in my mind I was copying it up to the fact that the bad guys had to think what they were going to do next. They weren't prepared yeah, for they what they were gonna to. do. Because yeah, everything no plan. was constantly changing. They had to like constantly create new plans. Yep. So the slowness of it was proving that. Yeah. Also, this was shot over Christmas. And they had fun shooting it, I guess. And literally, Dean Devlin and Fred Corey, the music director, composer for this episode, or for the series, was literally Dean asking or like the band Dean was in asking if Fred wanted to be their Ringo. And they started performing together because Dean was in a Beatles tribute band. And That's Fred's the guitarist for Fred Corey is the guitarist for the band Cinderella. Freaking Cinderella and, band. Oh, and he also band. played with Guns N' Roses too. Awesome. Oh. Which that is my mom's favorite I, band. I I I actually I kinda guns and roses with my dad. I had their their greatest album. My mom well see growing up my dad listened to country and eighties rock. And my mom also listened to like Guns N' Roses, uh A C D C and Nickelback. Nickelback sucks. I mean, I was literally like listening to like something in your mouth by Nickelback when I was way too young to understand what that song is about. <laughs> and also, uh, Animal. I was listening to that song when I was younger. <laughs> that should have been. <laughs> and also, on um, my. Uh, Oh, but yeah, the, the fact that oh, I have. What's the name of the song? I have to tell. I have to tell this little thing. Um, okay, you say I, while I'm trying to think of the name yes, of the song. I, I uh, tweeted um, Fred Curry um, about the music for the fight scenes that he does. Mm-hmm. He does the composing for that. I'm like, it's badass. I'm also a fan of Cinderella. He liked my co- my tweet several times, and I was like trying to kill me and then he liked that too because he tagged him and I'm like dude just stop trying to kill me and then he liked that one and I'm like mm-hmm. you are going to like have me pass out one day but yeah that was freaking hilarious when he did that okay I got the name of the song I was thinking of Shaking Hands by No Go Back mm-hmm. cool yeah um also i'm rock star like nickelback i grew up on nickelback <laughs> which i should not have been listening to nickelback rock star. yeah that's funny mm-hmm. so yeah that's how i got my taste in music <laughs> and uh and Dean Devlin, 
but yeah, I have the tweet right here that he played. Indy Devlin and John Story, who is Lockhart, also met in high school. Indy Devlin ran the drama class. <laughs> ran the drama class. So Dean Devlin is a theater nerd. He's a theater geek, and I love it. I do too, because I am one too. And as I said at the beginning of this episode, this marks the halfway point of the season. And apparently Dean Devlin did the voice for the desk sergeant, like the voiceover. Oh yeah, because they couldn't get the actor. Because, like, what happened essentially because, like, they shot everything, but it was like just as they were wrapping up shooting everything, uh, the lockdown, the first lockdown, was going to go into effect. Which meant no one was coming, like, in and out of the country. Basically, like, you had until this date to get out of the country. Or you were kind of going to be stuck there. So they barely made it out. (laughs) Yeah, they barely made it out. And I think some people did end up staying behind. Until everything, like, opened up enough where they could, like, get back. Or... Because, like, the, as I said, the, the director for this episode is from Serbia. So it was literally, like, they were all, like, emailing clips. And they were doing, like, they are heading into their closets to record ADR <laughs> for stuff. And, like just emailing bits back to each other and then like putting it together because they didn't get a chance normally this all would have been done in the office in los angeles but they weren't allowed in their office so they couldn't get everybody together to like do all that stuff so they had to like email everything yeah um, I've had several times where friends liked my tweets and stuff along with Dean, and it's freaking hilarious. Yeah, it is. Okay, so that's the end of my notes. Do you have any final thoughts on this episode? Um, just the fact that it was another really awesome kick. It was a really awesome episode, episode. yeah. Yeah, I think this is one of the more action-packed ones of the season besides the finale. Because the finale kind of goes balls to the wall a bit. It goes insane. It goes insane. I can't wait to talk about that episode. But, yeah, I just, I really like this episode because of the action and how fast paced it was because it was like it kept your attention in 
I mean, also, like, made me feel bad for Alex, because he, he, like, cannot catch a break. But also... Yeah, so just thought Christian did a good job on this episode, and so did Samantha, and even Art. Like, Art got to shine this episode. And... I must say, Christian Kane has some competition. I'm sorry. Like, like he will, like Christian Kane, will always have my heart. But, and as through this episode, I was like, I was like, well, damn, he got game. <laughs> Would it work on me? Maybe. Who knows? But I just, yeah, I just thought this was a very good episode. Yep. So, two thumbs up for me. Yes. Two thumbs up. Yeah. So, I'm going to start wrapping this up here. So, I would like to thank our parent company, nafco.org, our electrical consultants, westpasystems.com. You can see my other content and sort of learn more about me at kaylasantel.com, kaylasantelacting.com, sorry. You can follow me on Twitter at MissMovieFan underscore 67. You can also follow me on TikTok at MovieFan underscore 67. You could follow Alex on Instagram at alexcooper7241. You could follow Alex on Twitter at alex the underscore alleycat. And you can also follow her on TikTok at alex the alleycat. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> this was fun. It was. So the next podcast episode we will be doing it is going to be the leverage season one episode Seven. The wedding job. Well, lucky number and seven. Hey. Okay. <clears throat> so the next leverage ep- or the next podcast episode is you're going to be talking leverage, season one, episode seven, the wedding job, which is going to be fun. But next, almost paradise episode. It is season one, episode six, Rise of the Kalange, which is a very Kai-centric episode. Yep. And I can't wait to do that one. It's going to be interesting. It is going to be interesting. 
And I just realized, so I have a, an Almost Paradise fan fiction called Finding Paradise. It is on AO3, which is linked on my website. But in my AO3 is this movie. But how I, it's kind of interesting how I did my interpretation of this episode. Because I essentially had my character, Ev. <laughs> it was mainly the ending that was, like, the big deal. Because, like, that was when they, like, both could, like, confess that they love each other. And it's fun. But, <laughs> yeah. So, and, yeah, that is everything for this episode. See y'all next time. Have a good night. And thank you for watching.